0: We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edinburgh. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. All right, how are you doing? You well? You good? We got a guest here today, Pastor Seth. and uh, who, who's heard Seth preach before? Yeah, we get him over once a year, and he's a great friend of a church, great friend of us personally, best man at our wedding. We did Bible college together and all sorts of things and his mum made sure I didn't die when I lived in Adelaide, she fed me and sent home groceries and, and I would have I been in all sorts of mischief I reckon, you know, when I moved over but uh, great friend of the church, great friend of us and he's going to be a real blessing today and uh, why don't we give him a welcome?
1: Thanks, I think Ben had a key to the house, that's how close he was. He, he, Mum gave him a key to the house. I wouldn't even know when he's coming, he'll just rock up. Good morning everyone, good to be with you this morning. Always uh, love doing the January trip down here and um, getting to know some of you across the last few years. Always honoured, love and appreciate Pastor Kerry and Darren and Ben and Talia, great friends and um, pray that the word I've got for you today blesses you. Um, as I've been preparing it this week, I just kept coming back. I wanted to deviate off to different thoughts and ideas, but I kept coming back. And so I pray that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to some people today and encourage you. And if your heart is open, I know that um, God is going to speak into you. But I just thought I'd mention: I, in the last year, I've uh, the last few months, really, actually, um, I've had the privilege of taking on Youth Alive, um, become the state director there. So as of the last few months, something that I didn't see coming for me, but. Um, obviously, God knew and had been preparing, and so um, we just ask for your continued prayers for across, uh, across the whole state that God would really lead and guide me and the team on how we continue to reach teenagers for Jesus across our city, but across the whole state, which includes the regions, and so we've got to make sure that we figure out how do we, how do we meet everyone. And um, love the city outreach as we do, but I know that God's speaking and wanting us to start fires and see a fresh move of God right across the state. And uh, Youth Alive, if you don't know, is a non-denominational youth movement and that happens nationally and there's state groups that run it all in every state. But it, over 40 years of its existence, it's seen 350,000 350, souls saved in 40 years. So that's pretty crazy, but I... It, That's something I want to be a part of, seeing more people wander the Kingdom of God and experiencing the life Jesus has for them. And uh, our world's getting pretty lost and hurting and broken and we can shed a light there and so I'm excited to see what God's going to do over the next few years in that. Um, This morning I'm preaching out of Psalms. Would you believe that? A youth pastor going into Psalms, there are some great Psalms that uh, uh, we all love. Psalms 23, I'm sure would be a favorite for many of us, that many of us would know off by heart. Um, maybe Psalms 91 uh, is also quite popular, or even Psalm 150. Praise the Lord, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Um, but I felt God lead me to uh, Psalms 51 this morning to share out of. And I um, all the Psalms, of, all the 150 Psalms are awesome but there's these few that I think really stand out to us as something significant for us to get a glimpse into God's heart and His character or different characters in the Bible and how they respond to different situations and circumstances they're going through and it's it's kind of like, uh, if you've, you can watch five days of test cricket or a day of Test, but you could also watch a five-minute clip at the end of the day and see all the highlights, you know? <laughs> And uh, as my times got shorter, I've realized that I've become a bit of a highlights guy. I love sport, but I, I, I want the summary at the end of the day. And um, there's some great Psalms that are similar to that. We look at Psalms 51, I really think it gives us an incredible insight to King David and his heart and his posture and his response in some very difficult circumstances. So gonna, we're going to start off by reading the first nine verses says this, Psalm 51, have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Aren't you thankful for God's unfailing love towards you? Because of His great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt, purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion, it haunts me day and night. Against you and you only have I sinned, I have done what is evil in your sight, you will be proved right in what you say, for your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, we're all born sinners, you're in good company this morning. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me, now let me rejoice. Don't keep me looking at my sins, remove the stain of my guilt. David's really pouring out his heart here, and for many of us, I'm sure we know who David is, but David is the youngest son of of Jesse, one of eight, and um, he's a pretty ordinary shepherd boy, and when they're looking to appoint another king, he very much gets overlooked and is much likely to be an unlikely choice that they were going to choose him to be king Um, but David is a man after God's own heart and God sees that and we read in 1 Samuel 16 verse 7 it says um, that people look at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart and when they were choosing who's going to be king next they deemed that David and his heart was the right man to become king and with God's hand upon him and he really becomes probably the greatest king of Israel and did incredible things and we read incredible stories like when he defeated Goliath, all those memorable stories. But yet we also see in David's life, him being an ordinary human like you and I who fell into great sin, where particularly this psalm was written after a time where David had just slept with another man's wife. Bathsheba and after he does that he decides that maybe I need to try and cover this up and I need to try and get the husband back to back from war to sleep with her so that he thinks it's her his kid but he tries to that and the guys Uriah is out at war and he decides to I'm not going to leave my, my fellow people behind and and come back I'm going to stay out at war and so David decides the next best thing is well let's just kill him let's murder him and see what happens and crazy that one sin led to another and David gets himself in this pretty messy situation which him involved in murder pretty full-on but yet after all this happens David's conclusion and resolve is to come before God and we read His prayer and his plea to God in these early verses of Psalms 51, he says, Have mercy on me, O God. Blot out my stains. He asks for the forgiveness of God and desires for God to wash and to purify Him yet again after all that He had done. You see, I think early on in this new year, not sure maybe what the last years looked like or the last few months or the last season in your life or what you're journeying and walking through but I think it's always a good reminder for us to come back and recognize our need for God, that we are reliant on God's mercy and His grace for our lives, that we are, have all fallen short and we're all in the same boat but thankfully His mercies are new every morning And that His forgiveness, He removes our sin as far as the East is from the West. And the Bible says that His grace, it is sufficient for you and I. To come back to that place of recognizing our need for God. But what fascinates me about David is that he was recognized as a man after God's own heart but yet his heart would get so polluted and so messed up leading to a place of where his actions did something that he never thought or hoped he would do. You see, it's important for us to recognize the condition of our heart. Maybe what over this last season, what over the last few months, this last year has maybe stuck to our heart. Maybe some things that you've purp- purposely and wandered down and, and did, maybe some things that have happened against you, that have uh, messed up the condition of your heart. See, I've learned that people are very good at making everything look good on the outside, but yet on the inside it can be a, a world of t- turmoil. So, why the Bible says in Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. That word guard, in other translations, might say the word keep. It's like if you've ever watched soccer and you see the goalkeeper standing in front of the net, trying to stop the opposition's balls into the net to score a goal. That is like this picture we get in this verse where we have to stand at the front of our heart, making sure that what we let into our heart would be the right things, that maybe some thoughts that we have or words that have been said or some struggles or some temptations or battles that we have to keep guard, stand at the front of our heart and not let things that come against us in life sink into our hearts and pull us away from the plan and the purpose that God has for us, but rather defend it. When those thoughts come, when those, when those things that try to lead us astray come, that we would stand there strong and guard and protect what lets sink into our heart. You see, a heart can be thought of as like a big reservoir of water. And the, the condition of the reservoir will flow into all the other areas of our life. And all of a sudden, different attitudes or perspectives or language or action can flow from the condition of the reservoir of our heart. It says this in Luke 6 verse 45, it says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Have you ever been with someone and maybe something leaks out of their language, <laughs> pops out that maybe, maybe a word? I remember a time where I was still working at KFC, and I can tell you there were some fun boys to work with at KFC, but they also sometimes didn't have the greatest language. <laughs> and one day when I was um, with some friends, a word slipped out of my mouth that I was very embarrassed about. <laughs> but I was just hearing it in my environment and I let it sink in and I all of a sudden said it one day. But it's the condition of our heart and the reservoir of our heart that we have to protect to let things in because this verse says everything flows from it. And so we are got to work out, am I letting even bitterness or unforgiveness or pride, jealousy, whatever it would be, seep into my heart that maybe is flowing out of my attitudes or my language or my perspective or even my faith for the future that God has for me. It's important that we look at the condition of our heart. You see, you need to understand that the heart is an area that will be under attack a lot because the enemy can kind of be thought of the heart sorry can be thought of as kind of like a city if the enemy can take down the city it's going to be much easier to take down everywhere around it and so there's many things that are going to come across our path in life in situations and circumstances we face in relationships in our in our job in our day-to-day Things are going to come against our heart to try and affect our heart because it realizes the ripple effect it has in other areas of our life. And the Bible speaks in great lengths all throughout Scripture about warnings against our heart. It says in Psalm 12 verse 2, it gives us a warning about a double heart. In Proverbs 28 verse 14, it talks about a hard heart. In Proverbs 21, verse 4, it talks about a proud heart. Hebrews 3, verse 12, it talks about an unbelieving heart. In Matthew 24:12, it talks about a cold heart. And in Psalms 51, verse 10, we read about an unclean heart. It's with great importance that we look at keeping and guarding what we let get into our hearts. Because the posture of God is that He wants our heart, He knows that when He has your heart, when He has my heart, everything else in life will flow from that and our God is not always after straightaway behaviour modification, He would rather do a heart transformation that leads towards actions and behaviour changing. And as you continually at the start of this year recognize and hand your heart to God and let Him do a work on it, you can see the supernatural effect in other areas of your life. And we read in this Psalm 51 that, that David had let some things pollute his heart, but he responds in a good way, coming to God, asking for His forgiveness and grace and mercy to blot out his stains. And he becomes aware of some things that he had let affect him. And today I wonder maybe what are some things in your heart that maybe you have realized or maybe you need the Holy Spirit to make you aware of that are affecting the condition of your heart. Things that maybe you've done wrong, not because you're a bad person, it's just because you're human. Because some life's thrown some tough things at you. And today, if you would come before Him, like David did, and let Him purify and wash you, He's a good Father, He's a gracious God that wants to do that for you. Well, as we continue to read in Psalms 51, in verse 10 and 12, there's these four words that I read that just popped in my spirit, that I just want to uh, teach into for a moment. I feel like these are some of the works that God wants to do in us at the start of the year. It says in Psalm 51 verse 10, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. First of all is, create in me a clean heart, O God. David realized that it wasn't good enough for God just to give him a clean heart, his prayer to God was actually, create, In me, a clean heart. That word "create" is actually comes back to the original world bara b a r a, which is the same word used in the story of creation, where God makes something from nothing. In other words, this prayer that David is praying has to be a supernatural act of God, for God to do a work in us where He creates a new, our heart, a clean heart for us to work with and, and move forward in for our future that God has. Um, I'm, I'm getting older now, but I am really am a bit of a big kid. And so one of the things that I'm terrible for is, is I often will stain my clothes and I uh, end up spilling food on myself or I end up kicking the football and getting marks off and uh, ever since I've moved out of home my white t-shirts have very much just got brown blotches all over it and I'm still a bit of a mummy's boy and so often I'll send home clothes to mum to say mum I've tried to spray wonder white and all this (laughs) crazy things on it to try and get white off my white t-shirts and I can't work it off and then somehow mum's just worked their magic I'm not sure what she really does but somehow that stain comes off that white t-shirt but truth be said is that you can kind of tell that it's not completely new. It's not completely white when I get it back. It's pretty good. To the ordinary eye, you're probably not going to notice. But I love that when we're talking about this create, right, of God, is it's like it's a brand new white T-shirt. It's like it wasn't even there again. So great is the work that God can do on our heart when we allow Him to create in us. God is a creative God and He creates great things for us to enjoy in life, but one of the greatest works that He wants to do is create in us, create in our heart. And maybe you're in need for God to do that in some areas of your life, to create again, clean me up again. The next word was the word renew, first word was create, second word that popped in my spirit was renew. It says, renew a loyal spirit within me, or other translations say, a right spirit within me. If you're a parent, I'm sure you can relate to situations where you ask a child to do something, and they'll do what you've asked, but they're doing it in the wrong spirit. (laughs) They'll do it begrudgingly, they'll roll their eyes, they'll say something to you, And they'll do what you've asked, but not in the right heart and not in the right spirit. And one of the things that we can see wonder when our heart is affected and polluted is that we start to lose the right spirit. We carry the wrong spirit. We might be doing the right things. We might be doing things in our marriage or our relationship to one another to try and show love and affection. We might be coming to church and serving and doing good things but when we've lost the spirit, it's very dry, it's very transactional, and we've lost the heart behind it, we've lost the passion for it, it becomes very mundane and boring. And God has the ability to renew a right spirit in us, to make new again. It's the work of what God does in us, where we can be completely renewed in Christ and not just at a point of salvation that happens once, but a place continually where we say, God, renew me again. God, God some things have become a, a, bit, a bit hard and a bit, I'm doing some things but I'm not carrying the right spirit and I, I need you to renew me again Lord. Renew just has the connotation of anew. Make it new again. God, make it new again. God, make it like the first time, not just to to repair it to a place and restore it to a place like it was before, but make make it brand new, God. Make it like the first time that I was there, better than it was before, even. The, the thought I had in my, my mind that I felt the Lord give me around the thought renew was like an animal skin. Have you seen an animal that will shed its skin and a new skin is created? You see, the, the old skin served its purpose and, and did, but by the end, that old skin was beaten and it wasn't effective anymore for maybe the condition that that animal was going to be in for the heat. For the uh, ground and the services that it was going to move around in and so it needed to shed its skin so that the new skin would be better than the one before to be able to help it move through life and embrace all the conditions of the circumstances and situations it was going through to be able to keep it strong and healthy and alive. And maybe there's some things that we need to shed off in our heart, in our spirit to allow God to renew some things in our life. Maybe you need God to renew your mind in some areas. Maybe renew your strength. Maybe to renew self-discipline or renew your thoughts. Renew your identity and your value as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a son and daughter of Him. God wants to renew this morning for you. Psalm 51 verse 12, it goes on to say, restore to me the joy of my salvation and make me willing to obey you. Word number three was restore. Restore. God is a restorer. And sometimes we go through seasons of our life and we go through years and months and uh, we don't realize that maybe because of things that we've faced across that year what's happened in our relationships and in our family and our friendships and within our work and different things that have come against us as we've realized that some we may not have realized that some things have been stolen or taken away from us without realizing maybe some things like our peace i'm not feeling as peaceful as i was and i've let these situations that have worried me and dragged me down to rob and to steal my peace or maybe it's patience or maybe it's joy or your thankfulness you see i last year had a situation where i was talking to someone and they were sharing their need with me about them needing to um ha- having financial struggles with their family it was actually a mother and a father and they were talking to me about what they were going through and uh, as I was being a good pastor, I was talking to them and um, sharing with them and encouraging them around this and then I felt the Holy Spirit remind me, Seth you have money in your wallet and I said, oh thank you God, thank you for that, I'm going to buy some food later. That's, I don't normally carry cash and so that's a good reminder I've got cash which you kind of deem as almost free money because it doesn't really count on the bank transactions you know and uh thank you holy spirit i've got fifty dollars and he said and i just felt the holy spirit prompt me again yes give that money to these people <laughs> I thought, oh yes okay maybe maybe i'll see if i can find someone that can maybe maybe i can divide it two twenties and a ten i'll give them thirty dollars and i'll keep twenty i've still got lunch money and they've got thirty and i started to justify my decisions right and i thought hey, they're still winning God. Like, they're walking out of this situation $30 greater than they walked into it, and I've got a lunch. Like, we're both winning here. And this whole time, I'm kind of listening to this person, but not really. I'm having this argument with God. And I just thought, the Lord said to me, are you serious, Seth? You're going to fight over $50. Is that the person that you are? And I said, no, I'm a generous person. But I realized that with pressure of having a mortgage for the first time in my life, of making some sacrifices and some decisions in my life, that I become stingy. And I don't want to be stingy, Seth. I want to be generous, Seth. And I had to... I remember that God challenged me in that. But I, I realized that last year, when I had to literally restore my generous spirit again, because things had robbed. I, people had taken advantage of me. And that had that had closed me up in the area of my generosity. But God wants to restore some things that maybe some, some stuff has been taken. <laughs> I gave them the money, I gave them the $50, they walked out very blessed and so did I. <laughs> so, it, it, Joel 2 verse 25 says, the Lord says, I will give back to you what you have lost to the swarming locust, the hooping locusts and the stripping locust, and the cutting locust. The Lord will restore, He will bring back everything that maybe you feel like people have robbed you of, taken away, maybe the things that the enemy has come into your life to steal, kill and destroy but our God is a restorer. And so, anything that you feel like you have lost, God can restore today into your life for what He has in 2024. And then the last part of this verse says, and make me willing to obey you. And the word that popped in my spirit was make. Now, as I was preparing, I'm like, make and create, to me, they're almost like synonyms. (laughs) When you have to deal with assignments and you have to try and use different words and not use the same word ten times... (laughs) I was asking God, what's the difference between make and create? And I thought, the Lord dropped this thought in my heart, He said, creation can happen in a moment. Creating something can happen in an instant. Creation, God said a word, boom, there was light. But the process of making often takes time. You see, I love the, the moments in church where we invite people down the front and maybe we'll do that this morning even. We we'll see what God wants to do and, and we pray for someone and we believe for someone and in an instant God something supernaturally can happen. Peace can come, joy can come, the Holy Spirit can refresh but I've also learned across the journey that just as powerful as that moment of where God creates and does something in someone is the moment of over time God making something in someone. He said the Bible talks about go and make disciples, It's not a microwave disciples, (laughs) bing, done, they're a disciple now. It's a journey for the rest of our life that we are following Jesus and, and trying to become more like Him in all that we do but that that takes time. But if you're willing to pray this prayer that David says, make me willing to obey you. I mean, after all the things that David could have asked for, he says, make me willing to obey you, that's That's a pretty bold prayer, but it's a great prayer to pray to say, God, I I just want to be in sync with you. God, whatever you say, whatever you do, wherever you lead me, I want to be at a place where God, I don't question, I don't doubt, I don't fear, I just want to be willing, God. I just want to be willing. He, God, desires our obedience. To come back to that place in our heart says, make me willing to obey you. It might not be easy because of some hurt and some things I've done, but God, I'm willing to go on the journey of You making me willing to obey You again. God wants to do some things in your heart today, whether it's to create, to renew, to restore, or make. Sarah, if you want to come, that'd be awesome. I just, I have one last verse and I have one last story to share with you that I just felt too. Hebrews 4 verse 16, it says, therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I love this verse, it says, let us. Oh man, I I think of some stuff that's clung on my heart, some stuff I need God to restore and renew and make in me. But I'm reminded that we're on a level playing field here this morning, From the pastor, to the farmer, to the plumber, to the teacher. We all walk in and with God we're all level with Him. Let us, all of us, come. It's an invitation from God for you to come to Him, whether you've known Him for your whole life or whether you're meeting Him for the first time this morning. His arms are open wide for you to come and His prayer is that you would come boldly, you would approach Him with confidence, knowing what He can do for you, just as David prayed. There was a confidence in David that he knew that he could go to God with those needs and God could meet him there. His throne is a throne of grace. It's not a judgmental seat that He's looking to judge you and I and judge the condition of our heart. It's a gracious God who wants to extend grace to us where we can obtain mercy and grace. Last story, and then I'll be done. The story that actually Pastor Ben mentioned before is in in John 8, where there was a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And they were saying to Jesus, Tisha, they said, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you want to do? I mean, she's done something very, very bad, And they're thinking, we're going to corner Jesus because we're going to use the law against him to try and get him to say, yeah, let's stone her for what she's done wrong. But then it says, in verse 7, we pick up the story of John 8, it says, and they kept demanding an answer. So we stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust, When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she says. And Jesus says, Neither do I. Go sin no more. See, the heart's desire for each one of us, which we see beautifully in this story, is to be fully known and yet fully loved. And God, He fully knows you and I. Fully knows not just what it looks like on the outside, but what's going on on the inside. And His heart and His love for you and I hasn't changed or skipped a beat, He says, you are fully loved, my son and my daughter. And so, today, as we gather in the presence of God, I, I wonder what you need God to do for you. What are maybe some things that have come against your heart? Maybe in this moment, just with our eyes closed and our heads bowed, if you wouldn't mind, presence of God is here and just wanting to wash over you here in this moment. Maybe some things that have become dry, maybe some burdens that you're carrying, maybe some weight, some struggles, shame, guilt, whatever it might be. His peace and His presence right now can just wash over you. Maybe you just say to God, God, I just rely on You again, maybe to pray with something that David prayed, God, blot out my stains, purify me again. I'm sorry that I've got caught up in things but I want my heart to be clean. God, we're sorry for where we've we've stuffed up and we've got things wrong but we come to Your throne room of grace this morning and just like David, we want to be known as a, as a man and a woman after your own heart, but we recognize that sometimes our heart fails us because of some things that we've got caught up in. And so we just pray, God, in order to possess all that you have ahead of us. God, I pray, do a new work in us, create in us again, renew us again, restore us again, make us again. Help us, Lord, to draw close to you, to rely on you, to lean on you every day, for you're not angry, you're not disappointed. God, your arms are outstretched wide, ready to embrace and to pour your love, your grace and your mercy on. So God, for whoever in here today who's struggling, whoever is even struggling just with what is in their hands, what they've got going on, maybe things that they've got caught up in the past or decisions they've made even this week, God, I just pray, help them to turn to You, to draw near to You, Father God, and let them find grace, peace and rest for their soul. I just want to give anyone an opportunity this morning who, maybe you don't know Jesus personally, maybe you've been to church, maybe it's your first morning in church, all I want to do is in a moment we're going to pray a simple prayer together. And the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That means that you receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you want to make a conscious decision to follow Him all the days of your life and you receive what He did on the cross to your forgiveness of sins. Don't have to earn it or deserve it or strive after it, you just can freely receive today His grace and His love is available to you. And so, would we all repeat this prayer after after me this morning? Say, dear Jesus, this morning, I make you Lord of my life. I'm sorry for where I've gone wrong. But Lord, I turn to you. Purify me. Forgive me. Help me to know your love and grace. Be my Savior and be my friend. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This morning, just with eyes closed, if you say, Seth, I prayed that prayer and I want to make a decision to follow Jesus, then I just would love to know who we prayed for this morning and the team here pastoral team would love to walk alongside you to help you every day forward in that decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you once made it but this morning you didn't say I need to come back to him or maybe for the first time. If that's you, just lift up your hands with just myself looking just so we can see if anyone just recognizes their need for Jesus today. I'd love to pray for you. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. I see those hands. A few people this morning. God's proud of you. God's proud of you and his love. God, I thank you for these people who boldly, Lord God, raised their hand up to follow you today. And I praise, Lord God, help them. Help them change from the inside out. God, let them never be the same and let your grace and your mercy shower over them this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: We're just going to spend a quick moment of worship before we go. Just a time just to meet with God. Is willing, wanting to bring life and healing, restoration, creation. As you do as I, well, if you'd like prayer, if this is spoken to you and you think, yeah, oh God, I need, let's like some prayer in this. I'd invite you down near the front and we'd love to pray for you as we finish off as well. Whatever that looks like, I'm not going to quiz you. <laughs> I'm not going to give you a 20-question quiz in your heart before we pray for you. We'll just pray for you. and uh you know, often God uses men and women to pray for other men and women. To find life and freedom. It's part of the community. So if you'd love prayer, I invite you to come down the front. But we're just going to spend a moment of worship and we're going to sing that from Fresh Wind. I just invite God just to minister and speak to us before we go out. So God, we we worship you and Holy Spirit we invite you to create, make, renew, restore. Holy Spirit, fill our hearts, our lives, our minds with your spirit, your glory, your love. In the name of Jesus. Well, if you stand, if you're able, let's just worship for a moment. If you've loved prayer, uh, come, come down near the front. We'd love to pray for you.